Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Dark Horse Scouting Podcast. I'm Garrett Ballard. With me is Ben Glassmeyer. As always, Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Ready to do this. Yeah, uh, another week of football, Another no, more games to talk about. Uh, real quick, we're just going to start out with the, uh, the Washington football team, New York Giants game last night. Give a quick recap. Uh, ben, what, what are some initial thoughts after watching that game? Um, it was kind of a disaster to watch, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I um, think so. <laughs> it kind of it felt like the game was looking up after that absurd Taylor Heineke touchdown that was like, that yeah, throw was, was just yeah. insane. Like, yeah. my jaw hit the floor um, watching that throw and seeing him just fire that into the back of the end zone. You kind of thought it was looking up, and then it just kind of like fell apart. It felt like... Um, they're just like extremely poor clock management at the end of that game by, by both, both teams. teams. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think both teams like should have been in the driver's seat to win that game at, at certain points. And they just let it, they just let it go. Like they just, I don't know. It just baffles me. I tweeted last night. It's just unbelievable that coaches every year are this bad at clock management. You just, you hire, you need to hire somebody to do that for you. So that you don't have to worry about it, and so you don't bungle it at the end of the game and cost your team wins. It just doesn't. It's so incredible at this point. Yeah, uh, I think I think the Giants really threw the game away. Yeah. If we're being honest, I mean, between the Darius Slayton dropped touchdown. Uh, real quick, by the way, before I get into this, we trashed Daniel Jones on the the live <laughs> show. He was very good yesterday. He was. He had a very good game against a good defense. So hey. Maybe the, obviously it's only one week when we were judging Daniel Jones, but uh, things could be looking up for Daniel Jones this year, so uh, that's a good thing to see. But uh, yeah, the Darius Slayton drop touchdown. Obviously the uh, the offsides when they missed mm-hmm. the field goal at the end of the game, and then you got just other little things like the clock management, like you said, uh, when the Giants kicked that field goal to go ahead in the the last two minutes of the game. Um, they just needed to run the ball, and they decided to go empty set, no running back in the backfield against a very, very lethal front seven uh, that Washington has, and kind of just threw Daniel jo- Daniel Jones to the to the wolves there, and uh, it was it was a real real confusing stretch of uh, time there where my takes on Joe Judge seemed to be reaffirmed, and that mm-hmm. I don't know if he can. Uh, you know, lead a team. Uh, I yeah. saw this a lot on Twitter. They jumped off sides on a field goal before he was the head coach of the Giants. Joe Judge was a special teams coach in New England. So and it, he's been a special teams coordinator for a long time. Like that's yeah. been his his route his to thing. being a head yeah. coach. So the fact that he's uh, losing games in special teams mistakes is not a good look. So yeah, I mean, I mean I, yeah, it's just. I don't know. It was kind. Of, it was an interesting game too, from the perspective of the guys that that are really fun to watch that were playing in that game. I know for me, the running back Matt. I guess you can call it a matchup, but the two running backs kind of they both looked good last night. And the big one was Saquon. Um, obviously coming off the injury last year, the ACL tear. Um, how would he kind of look? And it seemed like he started. This is like kind of he's getting back into it still. Right. Um, ramping up snaps, obviously like not playing his full workload. But he looks good last night. I know there are a lot of takes, especially from fantasy Twitter about, oh, you know, he looks so bad because, you know, he didn't produce his normal, you know, he didn't put up his normal stat line. But it's it's fairly clear that he's still getting his legs under him, um, trying to regain that confidence in his knee. But he looked really good. He flashed at times. He had that really long run at the beginning of the game. Um, I think it's really encouraging as someone who's a big fan of him to kind of see him starting to get back to the to the old form. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is we're talking about a guy who's coming off like basically two straight years of injuries uh and he's coming back to his first like real game action in a very long time obviously two years ago it wasn't a season ending injury but it was just injuries strung together that kept him off the field but last year like you said he had the acl tear and that is not something that you can just snap back to in in game in snaps and expect uh elite production right out of the gate um, like you said, you kind of got to temper your expectations and let him build up his confidence and his ability to, uh, you know, do the patented Saquon things that he yes. is known to do and makes him so good and so elusive. Uh, 
But um, yeah, on conversely, Antonio Gibson, great running back, really was I think mismanaged last mm-hmm. night. Um, we've heard all off season about Ron Rivera saying, yeah, this is a guy who we view similar to Christian McCaffrey and in a role that uh, Christian McCaffrey excelled in in Carolina with Ron Rivera. A lot of people, including myself and probably you, were expecting a lot out of Antonio Gibson this season. And through two weeks, uh, we've been seeing a lot of J.D. McKissick instead. And it's weird to me because they're throwing McKissick in in receiving downs over a guy who played wide receiver in college. Yeah. Um, People forget that because Gibson was a selected as a running back and Many people expected him to be a running back in the NFL, like I did, you did. Um, but the receiving chops are there. The dude can catch the ball, and um, I don't really understand taking that player off the field. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. It's, it's. I kind of I brought this up last year um, when they used J.D. McKissick a lot in certain scenarios, and it's it's just it's confusing to me, as you said, because. Gibson is is a former college receiver and he was a very like he was a good college receiver he yeah, didn't have yeah. the tools to be a NFL receiver but he was good enough to where they got Memphis got the ball in his hands a lot um uh, in different ways and he was threatening down the field it's just it's confusing when you have a guy like McKissick who I am almost I'm pretty sure is also a college former college receiver mm-hmm. um but he's a lot smaller like he doesn't have the he doesn't have the physical tools that Antonio Gibson does so I don't understand the reasoning for taking Gibson off the field in scenarios like the end of the game where McKissick is catching that long downfield pass. That's something that Antonio Gibson should be able to do. Yeah, that's the rough so stance out. Right. So I don't know why. I don't know if there's something in practice that we're not seeing that maybe he's just not producing as a receiver or he's not showing up as a receiver. I find that really hard to believe. But I, I maybe they just think McKissick is better suited for the role. I, I just don't know. Like, we just don't know what the reasoning for it is. And the other thing, too, with Gibson, and you talk, kind of talked about the mismanagement of him last night, and this kind of goes back to clock management again, is on the drive where Heineke threw the interception, the play, yeah. I think it was the play or two before that, yeah. Gibson had what was probably a five-yard run where he trucked three guys and turned it into an 11-yard gain. Yep. Why are you not giving the ball back to him? Yeah, it's why are you like taking the ball out of his hands? Less than two two and a half minutes in the game, and you're throwing with a lead. Yeah, with a running uh, back who's been good. Yeah, in the with game. a good running back. Like you were talking about last year, I would understand playing McKissick. This year, yeah. I mean, you you can't give Gibson all the snaps, but I mean, no. In that situation, you run Gibson, and in the situation where McKissick dropped that throw that would have been a first down, game ending or set him up for a field goal nicely. You play you play Gibson there as well. Uh it was just a it was a it was a baffling scenario from both sides, I think. So um I think unless you have any other notes, I think that's all we have. Uh just wanted a quick re- recap on the game last night, but uh Oh, I have one one more. Yeah. Game. Yeah, go ahead. Azizo Jolari, one of my oh, guys yes. from last year, looked yes. great last night. So that was really encouraging. And conversely, one of my other guys, Sam Cosme, the I think he was playing right tackle last night. Um, did not look good. So that was kind yeah, of a, yeah. I thought there would be a learning curve with Cosby. Uh, he For sure, yeah. At Texas, uh, there's things to work on. But um, when you have that kind of athlete. Uh, Just got to be, they got to be patient with him. Don't yes, give up on him yet. I real quick want to preface something. This is something that our our good buddy Corey Canan uh, mentioned on Twitter. There is a difference between high upside athletic offensive tackles and bad offensive tackles that happen to be athletic. <laughs> Sam Cosby is one that is athletic with high upside. Uh, and he got drafted in the second round. There are other players such as uh, Austin Jackson in Miami who were bad in college are athletic but are going to take much more to reach that upside. And Jackson is struggling in Miami. Is he there? Is he even starting? Uh, I want to say yes, but I think he was not playing last week. I want to say he was hurt or something. I'm okay. not, I don't quote me on that. I just don't think he played in week one. Okay. Regardless from what we've seen in the preseason, it's not pretty. 
No. So um, differentiate the two when you're talking about athletic yeah. tackles because you could be athletic and reach your potential, or you could be athletic and just bad, and it's probably going to be tough. But it's that it's that good tape versus bad tape. Like Cosme yeah. had good tape in college. He looked really good in his last year at Texas. He looked awesome. It was a yeah. like massive jump from his the year previous to that. And and then you take Austin Jackson as the other example. His tape was bad. And yeah. obviously there are circumstances for him um, in terms of what he kind of had going on in the previous year. So you kind of you could take that and maybe say, oh, he's going to get better as he regains strength. But we just haven't seen it. And and that kind of the way that the, that both of them have been treated is just, just kind of odd to me. So it's, yeah, exactly. it's an interesting debate. And this isn't saying that, like, oh, people are super favoring Jackson over Cosme, but people need to just remember that there are there's levels to it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um just in short. Uh, so uh, ready to get in some college games? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, there's like last week, there aren't a ton of good games. Um, there are definitely a couple more good games, uh, more high profile games than last week, but not a whole lot of um, there's not many of them. So we're just going to start out with a pretty basic one. Nebraska and Oklahoma. Um, if we're talking about Nebraska, Oklahoma as a good game. Uh, you know it's a pretty shallow <laughs> week. Uh, but, I mean, this is Oklahoma's, regardless, this is going to be Spencer Rattler's best comp- competition this season so far. Um, I think, at least. They didn't, yeah, they didn't play anyone good last week. Uh, no, they won. Rattler, like, I'm sure it was like 76-0 to zero or something yeah, crazy. Rattler had a good game. Not shockingly. I mean, if you need to bully that team, if you're, uh, in contention for the first overall pick or the number QB one, I should say. Uh, and I mean, in theory, he should bully Nebraska as well, yeah. but, uh, we saw what he was, how he played against Tulane and, uh, that, that might not be a given. Um, Nebraska is not a, a top program by any means, but, uh, if Spentler, if Spencer Rattler wants to start shifting the narrative on his gameplay and his uh, potential in the draft. Uh, this is the, this is the game to start it. I think. Yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. I think it's important for, for a lot of these um, Oklahoma guys that we talk about. I we know kind of, I know we've talked about it before, but with how loaded they are on both sides of the ball in terms of NFL talent and, and just college talent as well, in terms of getting to uh, uh, into the playoff, potentially it's, it's the first test for them, kind of, I guess. I guess you could say Tulane was a test, but it wasn't really supposed to be a test going into that game. Right. Um, so you have, like, you have Eric Gray, you have Kennedy Brooks, the two running backs. You have um, you have some of the receivers, Jadon Hazelwood, who is obviously eligible but has had some injury issues. And then flipping to the defensive side, it's Isaiah Thomas, Perrion Winfrey, Nick Benito. There's so many names that, that are going to be kind of – their eyes will be on talking them. about Austin Stogner either at tight end. Right, like, exactly. It's, you have so it's many not, people. It's so many guys, and yeah. it's kind of their first – can they go in and can they beat up a bad Nebraska team? Um, yeah. it, and like you, t- you said Nebraska's not they're they're maybe power five, but they're not good. They're not. A, they've shown that they're not a good team. Yeah. Um. So it's it's a test, but it's kind of that first. Can you play at the power five? Can you play at the power five speed? Can Rattler look the look as dominant as we expect him to? Uh. Yeah, it's and then on the Nebraska side, it's there's not a lot to talk about, really, with them, honestly. They're not very good. Um. <laughs> Uh, this is ju- this is really just us saying if we need to start seeing uh, Spencer Rattler like dominating as he should, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I do want to little bit talk about the other like the, specifically the weapons that you kind of highlighted. Uh, Jadon Hazelwood and Austin Stogner, Eric Gray are three names that have a very good chance of all getting drafted. I don't know about Hazelwood as much as the other two, um, but I, I like Stog. I know you like Stogner as well. Um, he's just a very reliable tight end who can mm-hmm. block and catch. Um, then you got Eric Gray, who I know you are a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, I haven't s- watched him in depth, but, I mean, live viewings, he's, he's a good player. Um, he is. Yeah, and then uh, another name I kind of want to – highlight as someone to look out for for the future is mario williams their slot receiver uh true freshman um who former five star who's 
looking pretty good throughout the first two weeks. So I just wanted to say that real quick. Yeah, I I'm echo you all the way on both Gray and Stogner. Both oh. They're both good athletes for their position. Gray is extremely explosive, good receiver. He hasn't been used like a ton yet this year. I don't think they really needed him to like mm-hmm. they didn't have it needed to lean on him, obviously. So I hope at some point that they kind of like lean to him and kind of commit to him. I know Kennedy Brooks is probably like a day three guy because it just yeah. he's kind of limited in terms of what he can bring. But Gray is like a dynamic talent that that is someone who I would be willing to draft on day two at this point. I don't I haven't watched his Oklahoma tape yet, but based on what he did at Tennessee, it's he's a stellar talent who I think is going to have a really high ceiling in the NFL, especially. Yeah, I know when he was at Tennessee, he always gave Florida trouble. Um because for a while, Florida's uh, D-line was not the strength of their defense. It was their secondary. Uh, and Eric Gray was really giving him trouble there. But uh, now he's the Big Ten's problem. So, <laughs> uh, Or the Big 12, sorry. Moving to the Big Ten, though. Cincinnati. Nice transition. Uh, thank you. Cincinnati <laughs> against Indiana. Uh, this is a big game for both parties, I think. I mean, yeah. on the Cincinnati side. You got the obvious one, Desmond Ritter, going up against uh, a good Indiana defense with with some big names. Um, Spencer, sorry, I almost said Spencer Rattler. Uh, Desmond Ritter, as we all know, has those accuracy issues that really are limiting him from taking that leap into the the QB one conversation. I know some are there on him. I am definitely not. Uh, I'm not either. The accuracy yeah. is bad. Um, it's not even like, oh, it's it's bad. Uh, so if he can really, like we're talking about with Rattler, show out against this competition, it'll do wonders for him. I, I mean, obviously we'll need to see a full body of work, but this is a part of the body, you know. This is this is a this is a finger or a, a wrist, you know. Um, this is probably a bigger part of it. This is probably like an arm against him against <laughs> Indiana. Um, I know that was pretty corny, but that's, <laughs> that's uh, in reality, if you're talking about a full body of work, that is what it is. And um, on the defensive side, you got IJ Sanders and Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Um, I'm going to refer to him as Sauce. Um, as you should. Yeah. Uh, who are both also probably – considered day two players or at, at worst yeah. i think i mean i know gardeners being i know both of them have been mocked in the first round that for a fact i've seen both of them in first round mocks sanders uh probably on the cusp of the first second round and um i know a lot of people are big fans of gardner i know there are some who aren't as big fans of gardner but he is definitely entrenched in that first round conversation so uh anything you want to say about this game ben yeah, I just just wanting to kind of add on to your to the what you said about Desmond Ritter. It's a, it's a big game for him because Indiana they are a good defensive team. Like they yeah. are always a sound defensive team. They have some guys Taiwan Mullen in the corner Mullen, who's yeah. who's was really good. And I I just finished watching the Iowa game. Um, uh, and he played very well. He he looked good against. I'm mean, not a super talented Iowa offense, but he looked really good. He's kind of a bigger dude. He moves well. Um, it will be really interesting to see if Ritter chooses to test him or if they choose to test him uh, at all that much. And it's, it's can he beat him? Can he be accurate enough to beat a good corner? Uh, it's just interesting uh, for Ritter because I know there's been a lot of hype so far on this season. They haven't really played anyone, I don't think. Um, so you yeah. haven't really seen... He hasn't really... Again, he hasn't really been tested against the good competition. So if he can kind of look look the part and I know we're pretty similar on him based on the summer is that the accurate accuracy concerns are too much right now Mm. to really put him in that top conversation so it's going to be interesting to see if he can look the part in this game um and I guess for Indiana I I know I talked about Taiwan Mullen there's not really a ton to talk about with them uh Michael Phoenix the quarterback has really struggled this year um pretty disappointingly i know there's there were some fans of him as like a sleeper guy who could rise up he's he's a good athlete um but he has has the interception and decision making problems are just too much this year um he's again like he has a good arm there's there's traits there that you that you can work with but that he just has to get better and this and the cincinnati defense is good so it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of bounce back from some of the early season struggles in this game 
yeah, this is, uh, like I was talking about earlier, a big game for both parties because of that factor of just each other being good, you know? Um, when when people are looking at tape, you're going to find the best games to highlight, and this is definitely going to be one of them for both prospects, or for prospects on both teams, I mean. Uh, another game... Any, hold on. Anything else you want to talk about in this game? No, that, that pretty much covers it, I think. Another, this is the biggest game of the weekend, in my opinion. I think most people would agree, regardless of what the outcome is probably going to be. Uh, Rankings-wise, this is 1 versus 11, Alabama in the swamp at Florida. Um, this is a big one, Ben. <laughs> big, huge game. Yeah, huge game. There are a lot of prospects on both teams. Um, obviously, we know Alabama's always going to have a lot of prospects, but Florida's getting better and better, it seems. Uh, I mean, every I say that, but <laughs> the quarterback situation gives me pause. But I just mean from year to year, their their outlook it's better, it looks better and better. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, you got Emory Jones. Is he going to start? Uh, probably. Um, I'd almost I'd put a 99% chance that Emory Jones is a starter on Saturday, uh, regardless of Anthony Jones injuries or Anthony Richardson's uh, rich in, injury status. Goodness, fum, fumbling my words here. Uh, and on you got oh my gosh, um, you got some good <laughs> running backs on Florida: Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, uh, who are both looking solid to start the year. I know they've each had one big game. So uh, they can really come at you from the backfield with both a balanced running and passing attack. Um, Malik offers a bit more as a receiver than Pierce, but Pierce is more of that downhill uh, bully runner who's going to just run it down your throat, really, really set the tone. Um, (laughs) You know, I had to fit that one in there. But yeah, yeah, this is and then we can go on for days on the Alabama side. Do you want to start us off with that? Yeah, so yeah. I, Bama's got a ton. Like <laughs> they have so just, much. <laughs> it's just it's what we expect from them at this point. Obviously, Bryce Young not eligible yet. We've talked about him. Um, talked about him after the Miami game. He's just been stellar so far this year. Um, I think is leading the Heisman race in most people's minds right now. Obviously, it's only two. Or only we're not that far in. So, um, but yeah, he's just been great, and he's kind of taken that no drop off from from Mac Jones obviously and maybe even an improvement depending on how you view him and he's throwing to talented receivers obviously John Mechie um Jamison Williams who we talked about before both talked about them before um Jill Hill Billingsley I don't know if he's out of the doghouse yet I don't know if he played how much he played against Mercer but obviously Cameron Latu is that right yeah I think so yeah, the other tight end who's been good so far this year. Who else? Evan Neal, offensive lineman, of highly touted. We've talked about him at length before. Um, extremely talented. Seems to have taken some strides this year. So that's yep. that's super intriguing because I think he's a guy that if he plays well, he's locking up, probably locking up top five, uh, being a top five pick this year. And then you obviously you can pr- you can probably take this part, but flipping over to the defensive side, there's uh, even more talent, honestly. It's crazy. Uh, obviously, there's like Christian Harris, Henry Toa Toa. Um, who else? I'm I'm forgetting like literally everybody. Uh, who's their safety? Jordan Battle. Battle. Um, yeah. I could I could go on for days. I I'm not going to because I could name pretty much their entire starting defense. Um, but everyone on the Alabama team is basically, uh, good. <laughs> Yeah, they're all guys you're looking at. You're watching the entire offense. Yeah, you're, you're gonna watch. Them. You're 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 gonna watch everybody. Both sides. Yeah. And like you're talking about, you were talking about all those offensive weapons for Alabama. They're gonna uh, pose a really really tough challenge for a Florida defense who is their front seven's been looking good to start the year. Uh, on the defensive line, obviously you got guys like um, Zachary Carter and Brenton Cox who are both pretty who people like pretty high up i know they're both uh at least myself i i like zachary carter a lot because he's pretty versatile and can uh win on the defensive line both on the interior and as a pass rusher and uh he's a big like he's like six foot five 285 pounds just a strong dude who doesn't really get pushed around a ton and um this is going to be if there's a team that's going to push him around it's going to be alabama Uh, their offensive line is dominant and 
those reps against Evan Neal are going to be really valuable to see exactly where Zachary Carter's at in terms of handling NFL level strength and ability. And then Brenton Cox, he hasn't been as effective as uh, Carter, but he's your, he's your foil to Zachary Carter's strength. He's got the speed and the, the burst off the edge. And if he's able to get around Evan Neal, they're both going to be going up against Evan Neal. If I had to guess at some point, um, if he's able to get around Evan Neal with the speed, that's going to do wonders for his stock. And then uh, on the back end, you got uh, one of the, the top corners in, in, in this draft class, Kyer Elam, who had a pick last week, given it's against USF. But uh, you can stick Kyer Elam on an island and have faith that he's going he's gonna to handle his, his guy. Um, I would assume he's probably going to be matched up against John Mechie. Uh, I'd feel like he's going to shadow him. Uh, because that he is that type of corner. He's a uh, he's his closing speed is tremendous. Uh, he has really fluid hips. Uh, he's he's smart. He's he plays the ball really well. He's a, he has a a knack for holding on to the ball if he can get his hands on it. And uh, this the matchups all over this game are are really intriguing. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm luckily lucky enough to be able to go to this game so i'll get a first-hand view of how these players play so yeah yeah you covered it well you kind of yeah. echo all of what you said yeah uh i mean i don't the other big game this is college game day this week uh the whiteout game for penn state it's auburn auburn visiting happy valley playing penn state uh this is this is going to be the i mean I, I shouldn't say that because I Penn State I think is pretty overrated this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're overrated a lot of the time. I what do you have to say about that? No, I'm with you. I yeah. I don't. They beat Wisconsin. I know that they're kind of getting credit for that right now, but I don't think Wisconsin is very good either. So it's right. kind of like you had a maybe bad team beat it beat another maybe bad team. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like where's the balance there? Obviously Penn state has some guys that you're, you're excited about, but Sean Clifford's still, still not the answer. Like yep. he's still bad. Um, it, it's, he's still going to hold that team back. So it's just like Penn state, maybe they, maybe they hold up, but I, I don't know. I just don't see it against Auburn. Who's a fairly talented team and they've been good so far this year against bad teams, but right. it's, I I just don't see I don't see this being super close. Uh, obviously the games have a lot of the games have been really surprising this year in terms of their outcomes. So I can't really like say that definitively, but I just think Auburn is a far more talented team than Penn State at this point. One thing I will say is that it, it I think Auburn's performance is going to come down to Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. He's been very strong to start the season, but this is obviously a a caliber of team that he hasn't played yet. He's played Akron and Alabama state two teams that an SEC SEC team should beat handily. And they did, but Penn state obviously ranked 10 in the country. They're good at they're They're at least good at football. No, no matter if they're overrated, yeah. I, I, they're a top 25 team in the country. That's yeah, that's not deniable. So this is going to be a good test to see where Bo Nix is at in his development and see if all this hype that some people are giving it, it's not a, People are like, oh, Bo Nix might be good. He might be. This is the game that'll tell us if he's for real or not. I think so. Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested to see that. I know I've been. I've been a pretty outspoken on like on what I kind of think about Bo Nix and and how he's played recently. Um, obviously, last year the film was was not great. I, there's flashes. He's obviously a talent. Like he's obviously really talented. Right. Um. He can move well. He's got a good arm. It's just that it seems like for me last year, especially, it was the mental game. It was the the being accurate, the the uh, ability to go, you know, go through progressions effectively, process well, make good decisions with the ball. It's just he's got a lot of ways to go. So this is going to be really interesting because I think Penn State has a, they have a pretty good defense. Like they're yeah. they're one of the better defenses in the country. So I, I do think it will be interesting to see how he fares against against high level competition. Um, and he's got he's got like decent he's got decent weapons around him. Obviously Tank Bigsby, who's not eligible yet, is one of pro- one, if not my favorite running back in the entire country, he's a phenomenal talent who they're. I hope that they're going to lean on in this game to kind of help them win this game because I he's because of how good he is, just he's how just much of a freak he is. Yeah, yeah, he's insane. There's like a hand. There's like a group of underclassmen running backs who are just absurd. <laughs> yeah, there are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't want to get too much into them because, like we said, they are underclassmen. But um, 
Oh, I just lost my train of thought completely. Um, yeah, uh, like you said, the defense for Penn State going to pose a threat to the Auburn offense. Um, oh, that is what I was going to Okay. If, if <laughs> Auburn had kept J.J. Paguise at tight end, they win this game easy. Do you remember J.J. Paguise? Is he the huge dude? Is He, he the, was like, their 325-pound tight end who hurdled dudes last year. They would run him on yeah, screens I, and he'd hurdle guys, and they yeah, moved to the defensive tackle. It was I was hilarious. like, oh, man. It was my favorite. It was the best. He but, was awesome uh, to watch. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so funny. Uh, but, yeah, this I think this is going to be uh, a good game to watch just because of the uh, draft implications that it has on the quarterback class. Um, it's going to take a lot for Bo Nix to, to up his stock because of how bad he was last year. Um, but a, a good game against Penn State will start it. That's that's for sure. Uh, anything else you want to say, Ben? No, I just a couple guys to watch in that game. Otherwise, is Jahan Dotson, the Penn State wide receiver, has been really yep. good this year. Yep. Um, I haven't studied him in depth yet, so I don't know a ton about him, but he's been very good. He's looked very good this year. I know uh, they uh, also have an offensive tackle, Rasheed Walker, right? I think he. Um, I want to say he's been not great this year. I've okay. seen people say he's been not he awesome was, this year. He was mocked in a good few uh, first round mock drafts over the summer, so. Uh, that's just, the, I guess, a name to check out. And then up there, defensively, I want to say it's Jaquan Brisker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The safety, another yeah. guy to watch. And then they have a linebacker who's been good this year, whose name is completely escaping me right now. Um, if it comes to me, I will look for it. But he's a guy, another guy to look out. I want to say he had a field goal block in their first game against Wisconsin. Um, yeah, they've they've got some dudes that are that are exciting. Uh, obviously, they lost a lot of talent last year uh, away. Right. Uh, Micah Parsons, they had, yeah, they're they're an interesting team to watch in terms of the, the defensive talent that they have. Is the linebacker Brandon Smith mm, or no. Ellis Brooks? Those are the two I have on my. Okay, no, it must be someone else. <laughs> okay, those were two names featured in first round mock drafts at some point. So um, I don't know. Well, then those are two guys to watch out for. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. People just throw names in first round mock drafts over this That's summer. True. I think so. They do do that. Uh, all right, the next game we got on our list to, to check out is Purdue versus Notre Dame. Um, this is going to be a Notre Dame – well, I can't say that. Um, this should be a Notre Dame win, but we really just wanted to highlight some players to check out. Um, we, we thought it would be a Notre Dame game against Toledo, and that didn't happen. So Yeah, ex- yeah, that's true. That's true. That's why I was – I kind of <laughs> second-guessed that statement. Yeah, yeah, I was saying totally. It. But um, on the Purdue side – uh, we got wide receiver David Bell and edge rusher George Karloff. This uh, David Bell uh, having a strong start to the year. Let me pull up his stats very quickly. Yeah, he's been great this year. Yeah. Obviously, kind of as we as we expected with him, uh, he's kind of pretty much. I want to. I don't want to say all they have, but he's their best player for sure on offense. So they're gonna feed him. Yeah. Um, so feed him his- targets. His season stats are 14 receptions for 255 yards and three touchdowns. He's averaging 18.2 yards per catch, um, which is insane. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Good. So, yeah. Uh, Notre Dame, um, or who was the other? George Karloff, this, uh, uh, an edge rusher who is, I think, flying under the radar a bit. Uh, his name's not getting brought up a ton, but he's a guy that's viewed towards the, the middle to back of the first round right now. Um, can really boost that those thoughts after a strong week against a good as usual Notre Dame offensive line so yeah, yeah 100% uh, power he's power guy big power yeah, guy so big power guy yeah yeah will be interesting to see kind of if he can disrupt what they're what they want to do on offense yeah uh you want to talk about the guys on the Notre Dame side yeah so they got a couple guys not not anyone like extremely exciting but yet um Jack Cohn obviously the quarterback who he I, I think he was benched at one point last game in the against the, in the Toledo game. Um, yeah, I don't know if he was injured or why he was exactly he was benched, but he came back in and and helped them win, uh, end up winning that game against Toledo. Uh, I I'm not high on him. Obviously, I think most that's where kind of most people are. He's pretty uninspiring overall. Um, hasn't really been great this year. There's been some big throws that he's made, but other than that, it's just too much inconsistency for me to really get excited about him doing anything as an NFL prospect. It's just, yeah. that's kind of how it is with him. 
Um, they're running back Kyron Williams. I think he's, uh, from what I know and like what I've seen, he's kind of had a rough year so far. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he's quite had the running room to, to really get going like he did the year, like last year. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see, like, especially we talked about Carl Loftus in terms of can that defense, Purdue defensive line hold him in check again, like keep him, keep him kind of having that down start to the season. So it'll be interesting to see if he bounces back because I think he's, he's a good talent that, that a lot of people consider to be towards the top of this running back class. Um, yeah. And then one other guy I want to just mention, I, we won't talk about him that much, but their tight end, Michael Mayer, who's not eligible yet. He's a true sophomore. Um, he's a freak. He's a stud. I know he's his whole, the whole baby Gronk thing has been thrown around with him. Yeah. I don't want to go that far yet because I haven't watched him, but he's looked awesome so far. Huge, massive catch radius, huge dude. He moves well. Uh, he's got a lot of tools to be potentially tight end one next year. Look, the dude's a stud. Mike Mayer, he's a stud. Yeah. I will always, I've said it before, I will always hold the idea that every white tight end that can <laughs> sort of catch needs to not be called Baby Gronk. It happened with Fryermuth. It, it's going to yeah. happen with him. It, happens it is going to happen with him. I I know I saw it tossed around for a couple guys last year. Uh, every year. It happens every it year. It happens every single year, and it needs to stop. I don't care how good the tight end is. I don't care. He's not going to be Gronk, most likely. I mean, like. Most likely, he will not be Gronk, so let's chill out. But you were right about Kyron Williams, by the way, uh, averaging 3.5 yards per carry, um, only 120 yards on the season of over 34 carries. So um, not not the greatest start to the year. But um, hopefully he can pick it up. So, and obviously we have uh, none other than Kyle Hamilton, who is man. I uh, forgot about him again. I forgot about him <laughs> earlier, and now I just forgot pre-show. about him again. Oh my <laughs> good lord! Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, oh, Kyle Hamilton's a stud, uh, no doubt about it. We don't really need to go into no. to him a bit, but uh, he'll be a top five player probably for both of us. He's yeah, yeah. absurd Adam player. Miller. Yeah. So. Kyle Hamilton's going to ball out. We know that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, the next game on our list we got, uh, we could probably touch on these next two just really quickly. Um, Arizona State against BYU. Uh, Jane Daniels uh, for Arizona State uh, needs to get his his get on his horse because I know he had some fans pre in the preseason and over the summer, but um, he's kind of getting left behind, I think, in the quarterback class. Other guys are starting to uh, show out when he's kind of just – not you know yeah they just like honestly I, I didn't watch their game last week i just kind of you know i box score scouted that game or whatever but kind of looked the box score it just doesn't seem like they've really needed him yet honestly yeah, yeah. like they're they have a dominant running game obviously chip Trainum and and rashad white are i think two guys that are not eligible eligible quite yet but um are really good really really solid running backs that they that they run their offense through um and and Jaden Daniels just really hasn't been needed against inferior competition. So it will be interesting to see. Obviously, BYU is ranked now. They're coming off that big win against uh, against Utah last week that that broke their some. I think it was a really long streak of of losing that game I against think so, Utah. Yeah. Um. So it's it's it will be interesting to see if they kind of switch back and say, okay, we got to rely on Jaden Daniels to to win us games with whether it's with his legs or with his arm. Um. He can do a lot of things. Uh for their offense. So I'm, I will be definitely curious to see if, if he kind of makes his presence known in, in the quarterback race this year. Yeah. Um, just real quick, like Ben said, Oh shoot. Am I back? My mic just freaked yeah, out. You're good. You're okay. good. Uh, sorry about that. But as Ben said, um, just for the time being, we're going to be doing an unhealthy amount of box score scouting until some more tape comes out. Um, and then as we, we watch, we'll provide more in-depth analysis, but uh, first couple of weeks yeah. is that's how it's going to go. But um, yeah, uh, I think you covered everything for that game. Um, not a ton to really check out there right now. Um, but yeah, uh, the next game we got is Fresno state uh, against UCLA. Um, another one, not a, not a ton to focus on. Uh, Want to talk about DTR because he, um, how did he play last week? Do you know? I actually am not aware. Did they? I don't know. Actually, I don't even know who they played last week. Who did they play uh, last week? Uh, you can look that up. I'll talk about the other dudes on their team. Uh, okay. Y'all know I'm a, I'm a fan of Zach Charbonnet by this point. I've mentioned him on probably every podcast, but um, I like what he's done, especially against uh, LSU. He was really strong. And uh, 
from what I remember, even though I can't remember who they played, I feel like he had another strong week last week. Uh, they did not play last week. Their oh. last game was against LSU. Or against oh, LSU. Okay. They that, had a bye. I'm, I'm crazy. Okay, but uh, <laughs> this season he's been he's been a really good player, uh, and and I've liked what I've seen out of him. And then I know uh, Ben. I know you're a big fan of that wide, or at least what you've seen so far of Greg Dolchich. I think is how you say his name. Yeah, the, uh, the tight end. He's been. I I just kind of wide receiver. Just, goodness. No, you're you're good. You're good. Um, he uh the again the LSU game. Um, I just got off watching that game. I find I finished. I finally got some tape on that game, so I, I watched that game and and they were really impressive. Dolchitz especially. He had a couple of long gains where he hurled guys, and I know there's that one play that's been shared where. Stingley had the poor tackle attempt at the end of the play. I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was him who caught that touchdown. It I might be so. enough. I think you're right. But anyways, he looked good. He's a good athlete. Like, he's a very good athlete for the tight end position. I, I think he's probably going to be one guy that, that flies under the radar a little bit and then kind of rises as we get close to the draft just because of how good of an athlete he is. I know that kind of happened with um, the other UCLA tight end from a couple of years ago, Devin Ossie Oh uh, yeah. Again, kind of flew under the radar. Not that they're the same. Not that they're the same at all, but just kind of similar prospect profiles in terms of how their probably rise will go. Um, but yeah, they've got a couple of guys that are really exciting. I know we we didn't even talk about Sean Ryan yet. Oh um, oh my gosh, yeah. I don't think we've talked about him yet. Like this season, that's criminal. I know that. I I don't know how we haven't talked about him, but yeah. he's and I, again off that watching the LSU game, he is a monster. Yeah, like, he's really good. He's enormous. He's enormous. He moves well. His anchor is flat oh, out phenomenal. Like it's like he's he, he'll he'll get bullied and then just recover and just sink yeah, his hips. He's a around. wall. Like he's <laughs> yeah. literally a wall on that left side. He just he'll see a good dude try to get into him and he just stands there and stonewalls them immediately. It is uh, so much fun to watch and he's such a weapon for them, um, especially in the running game. I know they're. Their offense is, is pretty predicated on the running game right now with with DTR kind of struggling so far, not not looking quite what we expected in terms of taking that next step. But their offense just relies on the running game and, and they do a lot. Chip Kelly does a lot of special things, like a lot of different things in terms of who pulls and who who works across the formation and uh, to get running lanes open. And Ryan is is a catalyst for a lot of that. He's just so strong and he can clear keep lanes open for long periods of time. Um, so he's just been really fun to watch this year, I think. Yeah, he's very good. Even last year, I, I but um, I think he's he's um, entrenched with. I know Evan Neal's kind of there right now, but I think Ryan has a good chance of ending up off of OT one for some people. Um, I know a lot of people like him that much, but uh, he's definitely up there. If he's not one, he's definitely two or three. That's for sure. So yeah, for, for me sure. at least. Um, so yeah, that's a. Uh, that's it for the college games. Uh, we're gonna quickly. Oh wait, before a, we go. Oh yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I mention? Can I mention Fresno State real quick? Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. So I just want to mention Fresno State. There's not a whole lot to talk about, but I just want to mention Jake Hayner, their quarterback, who is a former Washington Husky transfer. He has been great so far this year. I, I highlighted him in my uh, under the radar prospect series that I just posted this week. So go read that. Um. He has been awesome. He's looked really good. It, they kind of have they have a more of an air raid attack, so it's not they haven't really he doesn't really do a whole lot in terms of the processing part of his game. But he's looked really sharp, accurate, good arm. He's got NFL traits, so I, he's one guy I'm definitely keeping an eye on this in this game against a good UCLA defense. Yeah, there's a bit of a under the radar name to, for y'all to watch out for. Um, I know I will be now. So um, that's it for the college games. Like I was saying before, uh, Ben had that. Um, take to fire off but uh <laughs> um that's all we got for you for that portion we're gonna quickly um because we went a bit longer there quickly go through some of the uh more exciting nfl games give y'all our matchups uh what rookies to lack out look out for so uh that'll be the the last portion of this podcast so um looking at this list the first one i kind of want to just look at i don't know about you but it's broncos jags um i know this isn't like a super exciting game i know i just said the the big games but uh, (laughs) this is going to be trevor lawrence going up against a really good defense um so this is a big game for him obviously he had the three picks against not so good of a defense last week but uh i've said this in on twitter and in, in some group chats uh i don't really care about those picks um some of the throws that trevor lawrence made last week are absurd and you can tell that um the talent is it's so clearly such a high at a such a high level and uh people 
don't overreact to those interceptions because the dude can make every throw on the field. Um, it's just a matter of him knowing which ones to make pretty much. Yeah. And that, no, I'm with you. I, that'll I'm, come with I'm, game experience. I, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's not overreacting to the picks. I don't, I know that some people, there's so many mixed opinions on what the Jaguars are right now. I don't think they're a particularly talented team. Um, yeah. I think that, I mean, that's probably not that disputed. Um, their offensive line isn't that good. And they, they have some skilled dudes, but no one that, no one that's really an established target for them. So I think, I think you're going to see Lawrence probably press a little bit this year. Um, maybe make probably going to make a, a quite a few mistakes um, in that offense. It's not it, it. It's just we just don't overreact to it. It's his first year in a, in a not very good team. Yeah, uh, I just you got to give him time. He like you said, he had the mistakes last week, but he bounced back and they didn't win that game. Obviously, they didn't even play that well, but he ended up I think he had like I think he had three touchdowns, ended up with like three touchdowns. Yeah, he but he just like you said, he had the, the throws where you go. That's why we drafted him number one overall. So I think it's even though you're you're a little bit disappointed by the interceptions, if you're a Jags fan, you should be really excited about what he showed that last week. This just in Trevor Lawrence will be good. <laughs> Shocker. I know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you want to pick out a game, Ben? I, I just picked that one out. So I want to give you a chance. Uh, yeah. Let me look. Uh, you want to talk about like Bills Dolphins? That was the I one I was not... going to pick. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that yes. is, the AFC East is crazy. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know for, I, I know for me, one, one thing I'm kind of watching, I know he's not a rookie, but Tua played decent. I want to say like, all yeah. right. in their yeah, first, right. he was yeah. fine. Like he wasn't really special or anything. And then the Patriots have a good defense. So it's kind of, it is what it is there, but he connected with Jalen Waddle the rookie receiver from Alabama. Obviously, I think most of you know this, know that if you're listening to this podcast, but he's, he looked Jalen Waddle looked awesome. Like he looked kind of exactly what he looked exactly like what we wanted him to look like. He showed the speed. He showed the de- ability to threaten downfield and, and take, and take shorter passes and make them into longer gains. So I think that was super encouraging. And I know him and Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith all looked great. They're all the top rookie yeah. receivers looked awesome in their debuts. Um, they all, I think, I think all of them had a touchdown. Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah. So okay. it was just super encouraging from all of them. I'm not, I know I'm getting off topic, but the, the, it's just an interesting game to watch. And for the bills on the Bills side, it's kind of that, can they bounce back from that loss against the Steelers? Um, and then can Josh Allen kind of, he looked fine, but can he kind of return to what, what we, what he looked like last year? Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to say about uh, Waddle is expect to see him in a much higher uh, volume and a much more important role now because we had the news that uh, Wolf Fuller is going to be out uh, dealing with some personal issues. And um, the report also said that the timetable for his return is kind of unknown right now. They're not sure if he's going to come back this season. Uh, so Jalen Waddle's role is, is looking like it's going to be at an all-time high as just his second game as a rookie. So um, I'm excited for that personally. I, I, I Jalen Waddle was my wide receiver one. Um, he, I think he's a stud and uh, I'm excited to see what he can bring to Miami. And um, I'm excited to see what Tua can do against not so good of a defense this week uh, as he faced last week. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, the next game I, I'm very interested in the Cowboys Chargers game. Yes. I think okay. I'll have that. Yeah, I, I'm obviously going to be watching the Bucks game as because I'm a fan, but I'll have that one on on my computer for sure. Um, but uh, Justin Herbert is a baller. Uh, um, the awesome. dude was outstanding against Washington. Uh, he was making some nutty throws that uh, most people can't make in the NFL. But uh, conversely, Dak Prescott was also outstanding against the Bucks. Um, so those are two quarterbacks who had two phenomenal performances against two high-ranking, de- high-level defenses who are solid at, at both D-line, linebacker, and secondary. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, it's 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 fun when quarterbacks are good uh, because it means every game is going to be exciting that they play in, and I think. At the end of the day, I do think Dallas should pull this one out. Um, mm-hmm. I obviously know that losing Dexter or Tank Lawrence is a uh, Demarcus. I said Dexter. Demarcus Lawrence is a, <laughs> is, a um, is a big big loss for that defense because he um, he gave uh, Tristan Wirfs one of the best 
tackles in the NFL last year, um, a run for his money. He uh, he really brought it to him, and uh, from what I've seen, it was one of the harder matchups for for Werfs uh, between last game and last season. Uh, so that's a big loss, but this Dallas offense is so talented that they're going to be able to get into shooting matches with teams and they're going to be able to win them because of how good Dak is and how good those receivers are. Um, obviously one of those receivers, Michael Gallup is out, but, uh, Cedric Wilson, good backup. Um, you don't need, I say you don't need it because it's obviously a good thing to have three receivers like the Bucks and Cowboys do, but you don't need them. You can have, you can manage with only CD Lamb and Amari Cooper. I promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be a fun game. Uh, there's a lot of rookies I uh, I like on the Chargers team: uh, Rashawn Slater, Asante Samuel, Trey McKitty, who I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing in a and hopefully a bigger role. But uh, also on the Dallas side, you got Micah Parsons, who's um, who got crucified for i i think unwarranted reasons against the bucks i i want to see him play and uh see how he can bounce back from the criticism that some people are are bestowing upon him for for no reason so yeah yeah no i i'm completely with you i i i did i started some breakdown on on Dak from from week one yesterday and kind of just watching what what he was doing in, in terms of what they were doing offensively against the Bucks, and I know we broke this down at length on in, uh, after the Cowboys Bucks game um, last week, but it's just what what they're able what Kellen Moore and and Dak have going the connection that they have in terms yeah. of how they've created that offense to fit obviously Ceedee Lamb Ezekiel Elliott Tony Pollard Amari Cooper all the talent that they have it's just it's incredible to watch. He Kellen Moore, I know he seems to get hated on for some reason. I don't really know why. He called a good game. He did. And it was fan, like just some of what they were able to do in terms of confusing and confusing a very good Bucks defense uh, yeah. and getting their guys in space and, and I know we talk about like Dalton Schultz, he had a couple plays where where they just they got him open and and they got him open on plays where the the defense is moving the other way, keying on Amari Cooper and, and CeeDee Lamb, and then they just dump it out to him and he picks up, you know, seven yards. It's just stuff like that. The little things that the consistency things that you see from them and not making Dak play have to play hero ball all the time. Yeah. It's just it's so much fun to watch. And it and it's gonna be on display against the Chargers. I know Nasir Adderley and Derwin James are both were both on the injury report this week, so they're gonna need them tough. in this game. They're gonna need that that those chess pieces to, against against that offense, especially then, Derwin. Like, Derwin James yeah. can lock down anybody on that offense. Anybody, I'm confident. Yeah. So yeah, and then I know you talked, you kind of hit on it with the Chargers, but it's it's just gonna be Justin Herbert. Can he can he exploit that that Cowboys defense that has weaknesses? Um, yep. Obviously, one big thing for them is is that secondary second corner spot. Um, Anthony Brown didn't play well in Week One. Um, but but Trayvon Diggs did. He's their yes. he's their number one corner, and he shadowed Mike Evans in that game. Not not the entire game, but pretty much almost all of the game, and he looked very good. So if if you can kind of keep that up, I think from what we know now, he's gonna he's gonna be tasked with taking on Mike Williams, who's kind of a similar play style, similar similar play style to Mike Evans. Obviously not as good, but if he can kind of take Mike Williams out of the game, it's gonna be who who can who can lock down. Keenan Allen and who can keep Keenan Allen in check throughout the game because we know Herbert and him and Herbert have a, a great connection. Um, yeah. yeah. Like uh, real quick, I just want to, um, this could be a big game for, for rookie Josh Palmer for the chargers out of Tennessee. Um, like you're saying, Mike Williams uh, probably going to get locked down by Trayvon Diggs. If he can keep up that play from last, last week, uh, it's going to be hard to lock down Keenan Allen, um, especially with the lack of a, a true, Good. Is is Calvin is Calvin Joseph still like? Out? I think he's still out. Yeah. Okay. Um. Hopefully, when he comes back, that it'll change the narrative on this cow this Cowboys secondary. But Anthony Brown is or he's not good. Um. No, he just struggled. He's yeah. Kind of, yeah, it was just a bad performance from him against. Yeah. I know Godwin. I think Godwin and Antonio Brown. They I think both kind of abused yeah, him. Yeah. He yeah. just. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. I, I Josh Palmer was a guy who uh. Uh, I know um, the Chargers really like, and they drafted him in the third round, I think. Uh, um, I'm excited to see how he's used uh, as kind of – he's probably going to be their wide receiver too if Mike Williams is taken out of the picture this week. So, uh, right. yeah, it's going to be a fun one, um, that's for sure. So, 
Oh, and that's what the, another thing I wanted to say. Um, all the people who are complaining about a balanced offensive attack with Kellen yeah. Moore only running the ball like 11 times, they ran like a ton of screens. So like Dak's passing numbers are going to be inflated. But in reality, they serve the same purpose as a run. Yeah. Um, they, a I know, I, passing attack is such an archaic way of thinking about offense, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, and I think Kellen Moore did a great job of modernizing that offense in the run game by substituting it by quick passing attacks. Because it was, in my opinion, it was a perfect balance of NFL-level throws with college-level quick game. And it worked out, I think. Yeah, I'm so. with you 100%. It's it's that, I know, again, and you talked about it, like people saying, oh, you know, you need to get Zeke involved in the game. Well, you don't, because they you almost don't. won You literally game. don't. Um, yeah, which yeah. is crazy you got paid them a bunch of money, but you don't. Right, and we, we, that's like a whole other discussion. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. It's, but you talk about, like, you get you have a guy like Tony Pollard who thrives in space. You have a guy like CeeDee Lamb who thrives in space with the ball in his hands. Amari Cooper, same thing. It's it's the it's instead of challenging, you know, and Dominican Sue, Vita Vea, Joe Tryon, Jason Pierre-Paul, so many guys I'm forgetting. All of them. They're literally all of all their white. Instead of challenging those guys up the middle and, you know, they're going to dominate them. Why not work the perimeter where they're a little bit weaker and you're going to pick up yards? You're going to pick up seven yards on on a on a screen pass to Tony Pollard instead of a two yard gain from Ezekiel Elliott up the middle. It's just exactly. Like you said, it's such an archaic way to think about offense. You, you'd you rather spread the ball around to the outside if that's what's going to work, if that's what's going to help you win the game instead of needing to get Zeke 20 carries for some reason it, when yeah, he's going to get maybe 60 yards on 20 carries. It just doesn't know. make sense. Like it's just an if, if a number, if a, a say, yeah, like you said, if Zeke gets 20 carries for 60 yards and you feel like that was an effective way to run your offense, you're wrong. If you think right. an effective way of running your offense is seeing a specific number next to carries or throws, it's you need to change your mindset on offense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like you were saying, perfect way to do it. Expose the secondary for the Bucks that were missing one of their starting safeties and had another uh, one of their starting corners get hurt early in the game. Tremendous job by Kellen Moore. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Any other I, – I, should we – I think there's only one other game we should really talk about here in depth. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Chiefs yeah. Ravens, as I'm Go assuming, is what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So obviously both team. Wait, the Ravens lost. Yeah, the Ravens lost yeah. last week in that heartbreaking, crazy loss to the Raiders yeah. um, that they should, probably shouldn't have lost. Um, but th- this will be a really interesting game. They're playing the Chiefs, who are, are coming off that win against the Browns. That was a super fun game to watch on both sides. Um, it's it's Lamar versus Mahomes. I know, and obviously people throw that around and they don't play each other at all on the field, but it's, it's who's going to win. Uh, the, the Ravens are kind of lacking on, on some of the skill positions. Obviously they're kind of down to, they're down to Tyson Williams and, and Latavius Murray. I think Devontae Freeman got activated this week yes, as well. Yes. Um, at running back, which is not a great core. They looked all right in the, in the week one game, but, but nothing. I it wasn't Jake. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He looked, he looked decent. I don't think they gave him a ton of work. I don't think he only yeah. had like 11 or 12 touches, Yeah. Um, which is probably what he's going to average every week. Yeah. That's yeah. And there, obviously, Rashad Bateman is out. So you're you're missing Rashad Bateman, and you're missing J.K. Dobbins, and you're missing Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. You're missing a lot of the, the valuable skill positions that they were kind of looking to rely on. So it's going to be Lamar to, to Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Can that can that beat the Chiefs? Is that going to be able to beat the Chiefs? And is are, is Lamar as a runner going to be able to beat the Chiefs? And yeah. it's just gonna it's going to be kind of interesting to see what the Ravens' game plan going in is and. Because Lamar, he was kind of up and down on Monday. I thought he had, he started out really strong and finished pretty strong, I think. And then kind of there was like a little bit of a lull in the middle of the game. But he's just so talented, and it's going to be interesting to see if he can kind of expose that Chiefs secondary a little bit. Yeah, um, I it's we're witnessing like this game is going to be truly watching two um, special special talents at quarterback. Uh, one because of his absurd ability to play make with his arm, and the other is more of a mixed uh, dual threat with his legs and arm. Um, I know people harp on Lamar's inability to throw, but that's false. Um, he could throw very well. <laughs> yes. Um, he doesn't have people that it's been can, disproven so many times. Yes, there he just doesn't have the best weapons around him, and uh, 
they went out and tried to fix that. Obviously, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, but Rashad Bateman's hurt. Uh, they drafted uh, Tylen Wallace in, I think, the fourth, third round. Um, one of them. Uh, so they've invested highly into this uh, into this offense and specifically the passing attack around Lamar. Um, but it, the injuries are tough. Um, and then your supposed security blanket, Mark Andrews, has not – he didn't have the strongest week against the Raiders. He was dropping mm-hmm. things and uh, not being a, a safety blanket or security like your 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 surefire safety valve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it'll be a fun game. Um, I think the Chiefs come out on top. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Mahomes is insane. Um, Tyree kills insane. Uh, their offensive line looks much much better. Yeah, um, Kelsey is going to exploit probably a lot in, t- in terms yeah. of that on that probably. Ravens defense. So, yeah. yeah, I just think that the Chiefs are going to probably end up overpowering the Ravens. Like you said, it's just, they did it to the Browns. Like the Browns have a great and probably one of the best defenses in the league, arguably the best. And Tyree Kill almost had 200 yards. So it's yeah. just like, they're just too good at this point. What they just, what they do on <laughs> offense is, is yeah. just it's incredible. Insane. And how yeah. Andy Reid is able to exploit whoever they play. Yep. It's yeah, they find the, the they Bucks. find the weakness and they pound it. Yeah, minus yeah. the books. I mean, that's yet to be seen this year. They're a completely different team, obviously, but um, had to get that little dig in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that is going to wrap it up for us this week, or for today, not this week. Uh, or, yeah, this week. Yeah, Friday. this is yeah, yeah this, is, this is it for this week. Uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in once again and uh, coming back to, to talk some ball with us. Uh, we hope to see you next week and in the live shows in the future. Um, thanks, uh, and we'll see you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys.